Managing the requirements for modern security programs is increasingly challenging. Vanta's trust management platform helps you quickly assess risk, secure the trust of your customers, and automate compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Plus, save time by completing security questionnaires with Vanta AI. Thousands of global companies use Vanta to automate evidence collection and unify risk management. Get $1,000 off Vanta by going to vanta.com slash hardfork. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash hardfork for $1,000 off. Kara Swisher, and you're listening to Sway. My guest today is comic Samantha B. She cut her teeth on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart and now hosts her own late-night news satire show, Full Frontal, on TBS. Wired called it, quote, the most mercilessly feminist show ever in history. We taped this interview live at New York City's Little Island in front of an unmasked audience, like the olden times, but outside, of course. One of the last times I interviewed B, it was in front of a room of lesbians who teched. I was surprised she made it out alive then. This time, I was sick. Don't worry, it was croup, not COVID. And yes, she made it out alive again. This is nice. Can I hug you again? Even though you're slightly infectious. Yeah, I'm very infectious. Okay. No, I'm not. No, I'm over the infection. Uh, so, I mean, like a cold would be fine at this point, I yes. suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you were just telling me this yeah. is the first live thing you've done. So I guess since, well, less than two years, but since March of COVID. Yeah, I of don't COVID. Remember what year that 2020. Was. 2020. How does that feel? I love it. Yeah. It's like I can breathe again. That's nice. Look at all your shining faces. Look at smiles. Oh, my God. I could I, almost cry. <laughs> do, you, do you know how to interact with people anymore? No, I do not. Yeah. No, I was that? terrified. I, what is that like now to see? The, you were a little bit reticent, like a cat when you like showed up. You know, you definitely have to. I definitely have. Uh, my, my social anxiety is advanced now. Is it? <laughs> I, I find great protection in my mask now. <laughs> oh, really? So... Um, Maureen Dowd, who's a columnist at the New York Times, yep. told me she had a guest over for the first time. Oh, really? Um, and she did, didn't so much didn't know what to do that uh-huh. the guest was in the living room and she just left. Um, oh my God, really? Yeah. And they were like, "Where did she <laughs> where just? Did, where did she go? I don't know. In her house, she just she did <laughs> she not socialize. In the bathroom? I guess I don't we know. We definitely don't. We have not really had a lot of guests, but that's because we're just like generally a little bit antisocial. But we um." did have some people over and we threw so much goddamn entertainment at them. Yes. We gave them, we just over, over provided Such to as. the point that they fled. Meaning. They were like, please don't. We were like, we harvested these tomatoes and these, this kale comes from our garden. Yeah. And by the way, did you take a tour of our backyard? And like, <laughs> they were just like, can we please get the fuck out of here? Yeah. Okay. Stay All away right. from us. Stop trying to so touch us. I, I, is it hard to be funny anymore? Is it hard to make people laugh during COVID or not? Or do you think comedy has changed? No, I don't think comedy has changed. I think it's like a little harder to... When the world is dire, you feel that. So you have to kind of like override your own impulses to make comedy somewhat. But uh, so much of Full Frontal is fueled 
by outrage and by what is happening in the world. So uh-huh. it's a it's a good place for us to be. I mean, we're not like you know we're never uh, punching down with our you know we're always trying to like punch up for right. sure. Right. Um, but it's very satisfying. I will say that it's like it provides a catharsis. I think in a dire set of circumstances, like we struggled during like we. We were all working in crazy ways. Yeah, now your still... husband filmed you in the woods. Is that correct? He did. Yeah, yeah my what husband. What was that and I... like? It was great, actually. It was the only way that we could really make the show. Like, if I wasn't married to someone who could film me in the woods, we probably wouldn't have had a show right, <laughs> for right. a very long time. Um, I mean, it's it's hard enough, I guess, to kind of perform the show into mm. like an empty studio, but it's harder still to perform it directly into the eyes of your spouse. It's not and perhaps a deer ideal, yeah, or a fox, <laughs> or a fox, yeah. or dragonflies, or your children, because my yeah. children had to help too. Uh-huh. Um, it was really like a <laughs> it was rustic. Yeah. <laughs> we did it. You did it. Yeah. So, what? What? How are you operating now? So we moved into a smaller studio that is just accommodates our show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we don't have an audience. And we have a small staff of people who are present on the mm-hmm. day of taping, but our cameras are operated remotely. It's like a whole different situation. So do you imagine going back to the big studio audiences, the big studios? I don't. I don't really. Why? Ima- Why? Well, it's it's a pretty great situation. Like we're pretty we're happy there. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I mean, I love an audience. I like is this very just this nice. audience. And now just... I'm reconsidering all of the things that I'm about to say. Yeah. Um, but it does allow us to be a little bit more nimble. Like we were just talking today about filming on the steps of the Supreme Court, or like we can just kind of take the show uh, on a bit of a voyage a little more easily. You know, because honestly, if you have a studio audience, you have to wait for everybody to finish work. Right. Like, so you can't really tape until 6.30 or 7 p.m. Right. So we can tape. So that was just the the constraint of the time is creating that studio audience and having the format. You're you're kind of deconstructing. And we loved it. But we did deconstruct it a little bit because really, you you, at at a certain point, we just had to make a choice. (laughs) And we can remake that choice based on how I'm feeling now, which is like totally titillated by seeing shining faces all around me, (laughs) (laughs) which I forgot about. Um, We can remake that choice, but it's like a bit of a cruise ship. You know, it's like a big operation. It takes a minute to readjust. Right. All right. Let's talk about things in the news right now because you're very topical. Um, Last time I interviewed you in 2018, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was still alive. Yeah. The Brett Kavanaugh hearings were happening. Wow. And Trump was president. Yeah. Three years later, Joe Biden is in the White House. Yeah. We have SB8, yeah. Texas law that effectively ends a woman's right uh, to choose after six weeks. Mm-hmm. So is that progress? <laughs> we're doing great. <laughs> yeah, we're in, we feel uh, terrified. I yeah. feel terrified. We'll talk a little about that because yeah. you, you talked about it on your show. Uh, well, I, I mean... <laughs> I don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. Like, honestly, I feel like so many of our episodes now are ending on a note of write to your government officials. Everybody get your stamps and write a bunch of letters. And it's so nerdy and boring. Like, but civic engagement is so boring and nerdy. And Mm -hmm. to do it right, you have to be like the most annoying person. And so Mm -hmm. we're being annoying all the time. And I don't 
I, I literally am not sure what else to do. Right. Except highlight this issue. What do you look at yourself like now? Are you an advocate or, or a comic? I feel Or just like a funny advocate? Maybe a funny advocate. Huh. Like maybe, yeah, maybe or I try. Try to be funny. Yeah. So when we were doing this in 2018, Trump was president. Yeah. Um, do you miss him? Oh, my God. Just asking. I mean, he's I'm good just for the comedy. I'm throw myself off this platform. <laughs> I can't believe you even said that. Well. I do not. I do not miss him. All right. And, and in fact, I did, like, when he got shut down off of social media, I had probably a 24-hour period where I just operated in a kind of a fugue state of like, <laughs> what am I enraged? I don't know who I am. Like, just wandering around a campfire. And then after about 24 hours, I was like, oh, this is fucking great. I feel a lot better. Yeah. This is nice. Yeah. This is how it's supposed to be, right? Yes. Yes, it is. Did you think he deserved that? Oh, yes. <laughs> Like, uh, much earlier. Yes, yeah. I did, yes. Do you think it changes? I mean, he did give you a lot of material. Sure, yeah. sure. But I actually think, to be perfectly honest, that the show is better without him. My life is better without him. Our lives are better without him. Yeah. Comedy is better without him. Um, just the world in general, the globe is better without him. He's still here. He's still, I know, but I try not to, I know he's still. What do you think about that, him running for president? I just interviewed Jason Miller. <laughs> what did, I did who, not. Has that aired? I haven't listened to it. Yes. That. Okay. He said, sounds like he's running. He was his head of communications. Jesus. How and did that, you feel when he said that to you? That's what he said. I know. Okay. Well, I hope he doesn't. Yeah. Because I think he might win. <laughs> really? Sorry. I mean, I still can't believe how many people voted for him. Yeah. I mean, I will never not feel stricken by that. Why is that? Because I cannot, the, oh my God, because he was the worst <laughs> imaginable force uh-huh. in this nation. And then we had COVID and all he had to do was just wear a mask in public. And so many people would have just like worn a mask. And I feel that probably tens of thousands of people's lives so could have been saved. So when you think about it, it does, it does though continue. Who else are you focusing in on politically? Do you go... Ah, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Let's discuss her. Um, no, because she's just sort of beyond discuss. Like, I mean, you don't want to give... I mean, I just saw her big ad where she fires the fifty caliber gun and kind of hits herself in the face with it, and it's very, you know, yeah, it's fine. Not. You don't want to overly give people oxygen, too. You kind of try to strike a balance. We, yeah. You know, we try to figure out what is the most topical version of the show? We do that on a Monday. So we had that discussion today for this Wednesday's show. And uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene almost never factors into it. Like, what's the point of giving her more oxygen? She gets plenty. I would yeah. love to starve her of oxygen, actually, and <laughs> snuff her out like a candle would be probably our general take. Yeah. So you don't make, you don't want to actually. I feel, her, like it right? mater- I feel like it material, it somehow manifests her, and I don't, I don't like manifest her in my life, yes. <laughs> if that makes any sense. So um, last time we talked, also, we talked a lot about um, the run-in in the past, when you had to issue an apology oh, yeah. to Ivanka Trump sure. uh, for calling her an impolite word. I did. That starts with C. Uh-huh, and it ends with U-N-T. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, can I even spell it? 
Can I spell it on spray? Is that the kind of you podcast spell you it. run? Yes, that is the okay. kind of podcast I run. <laughs> and these flowers just all wilted. They're scandalized. How do you feel about that now? Because at the time, you had security. I remember you and I were walking sure. and there was a giant security person following yes. us. Yeah. yeah. I had to have, I needed it. Yeah. Um, it's fine. I don't, uh, you know, we don't interact. Yeah. So it didn't affect my social life at all. It affected my personal life. I felt like it was a very, it was a really, really interesting time. Uh, my greatest regret from that was really how people kind of like handled the story. I was really upset by the amount of focus that I got for calling someone a name. And the story that really inspired that was a much deeper story about children being put in cages at the border and treatment of migrants at, at our border. And so much of the news coverage of me and my little like word that I said on the show was about like how what a shame it is that we can't focus on the real story of the children at the border. And so let's talk about the C word and how it disrespect like let's continue deeply talking about this word that this lady said on TV and ignore mm -hmm. the story about the children at the border. So when you think about that, a lot of it does manifest on social media, right? A lot of the anger that was generated online was due to bots against you. Yes. The same bots that were attacking Roseanne Barr yep. for saying what she said about Valerie Jarrett. Mm -hmm. um, same bots sure. creating controversy and then dragging people in. Yeah. And that's not to say there weren't people that were actively mad. Sure. But when, when that happens and it gets into a, sort of a lather online, how do you look at that when you're in a comic space and you're trying to make jokes or be provocative or anything else? Well, I ignore it. Mm -hmm. Is that okay for me to say? <laughs> I try to, I really, yeah. like for my own personal purposes, I ignore it. I actually like do have an appreciation that real life is different from that like swarm of bots. I don't like it when the show is like dictated by controversy that we've made or the controversy that surrounds us. I like to, I like to move through it pretty quickly, actually. So when you think of social media and comedy today, yeah. are you on TikTok? TikTok is great. I'm not yeah. on it. I rely on my children to show me good TikToks and also my husband who's like super into it. So they show me all the good ones. I try to stay out of it as much as Do possible. Do you think it's important to being in entertainment today to be part of this? Well, I get enough. I mean, it's like through by, via osmosis, I get everything that I need. I don't actually right. need to scroll it. <gasps> I can't do, I'm not equipped to do TikToks, Carol. You look at me. I can't do it. I'm not like, <laughs> here. I don't. <laughs> you don't dance. I'm not going to do, no, it's not going to happen. I need right. others to do the TikToks and for me to just appreciate them. Well, let's talk about um, how TV is changing and everything. We obviously saw the Emmys. Sorry, you weren't nominated. That's totally fine. I yeah. also didn't watch. I actually Marie Kondoed my kitchen drawers in retaliation, <laughs> and it felt great. It was, like, really cleansing. <laughs> and it felt like it was a bit of COVID soup there, as Seth Rogen very oh, yes. funny pointed out. I was out. a little, you know, you know, it's, uh, like, my kids are in school and in enclosed space, and they're wearing masks all the time. I was puzzled by that. I found it a little, I found it vexing, I'll be honest with you. Okay. Uh-huh. When you're thinking of where TV's going, your old sure. uh, Daily Show colleague, John Stewart, is coming back Soon, in a new Apple TV Plus. That's which right. Which is interesting. What is Series Plus? What? It's a different... Oh, God. Yes, it's more. It's more, it's more expensive. <laughs> yes. We've really just moved linear television over to this other thing, and we're just able to stream linear television. Yes, With exactly. commercials, it's great. Streaming is a but thing. But also, we're paying more. So that's That's nice. right. 
thinks. That's correct. That's right. <laughs> that is correct. So he's doing a show called The Problem with John Stewart. Any yep. advice for him? The world's changed a lot when he left The Daily Show. Get off Twitter immediately. And no, I don't know. I don't know that I can really offer him any. The world has changed. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure that I can really offer him any advice. And he is also not seeing it from me. And I think that's good. Yeah. All right. But television has changed. You just, streaming has become the thing. The big thing would be to get a big show on one of the networks before. Mm -hmm. Because I would assume when you start out, the success would have been the Tonight Show with Sam B, correct? Right. That, is that what you wanted? No. Uh-uh. Okay. No. no. I never, well, I, I mean, no one ever really wants to hear that you didn't aspire to something that feels like the biggest end game, but I never would have aspired to that. Right. It's not in my wheelhouse. That's like just not who I am. I'd like to tell stories. I like to do it in a compact, efficient way. I'm not going to do like a dance. I'm not good at interviewing celebrities. Like that is not... In my interest whatsoever, I like comedy that is like really grounded in the news, and you know you're never going to get like 15 million people tuning in to see that. It's a kind of a like a niche product, really, and that's what I like to watch. So that's what I create. Like I've definitely, my husband and I are writing partners on a bunch of stuff, and we've sold a lot of network pilots, and I love that part too. But for me doing this, this is really where I want to be. Because once you get to that like big, big platform, yeah, you are really like crowdsourcing a lot of your material. You know, you don't have the freedom. I will say that TBS gives us a ton of freedom to tell the stories that we want to tell. Does the new media environment give you more freedom? Because this year, the Emmy nominations for Best Variety Talk series, which we just talked about, all went uh, to men. Um, why have late night shows been so slow to change when there's all this opportunity to create. There are a lot more shows. I think Amber Ruffin's show is a great example of like someone who's out there really killing the game. But, you know, when you put it on the Television Academy to do their nominations, they're kind of locked in a gear, I will say. Um, And that is its own separate issue. Are there too many shows? There's never too many shows. There's never too much content, Kara. Really? Never too much content. I make a lot of content. I know you do. I make You make too it much. when you're sick. You make it when you're well. You're just <laughs> always making content. I am. It's I constant. respect you. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> but when you look at the future of entertainment, what makes you hopeful and what thing makes you... Oh, what makes dreads you... Dreads you. Makes you dr- dreadful. Makes me feel dreadful. Dre- dreadful. Interesting. Interesting. Oh. Uh-huh. It's a two-part question. Oh, it's a two-part question. I actually think... I love all of the, you know, HBO, Max, Plus, Plus. Like, I mean, I love that there's more opportunity. There's social media ventures. I mean, you can, the path to getting your own show and the path to expressing yourself creatively, there are just, it is so much more open than it was when I started in this industry. And that actually gives me a a ton of hope. Like what my children are exposed to is sometimes terrible, but sometimes incredible. And some of the funniest stuff I've ever seen that just wouldn't have, like, didn't That creators exist. can create. Creators can really create. Yeah. And, you know, they have their own ecosystem, and there's problems in that world. Those worlds, obviously, as well. Mm-hmm. But there's just more possibility, and I find that, like, extremely exciting. Uh, what fills me with dread? I don't know. I feel like I'm reinventing, too. Like, I think I have some future ideas that are pretty innovative actually like what drones what well i mean 
we don't need to get into this in detail, but I was like, how can we build like a television cooperative? Like, how can we build new kind of economic models in television? Because uh-huh. I do feel like you could kind of like break up that so monopoly break the networks. Break. Break. Well, I love the network that I'm on, so I don't want to break that one, but I'll break all the other ones. It's just that they're so monolithic, and I think, you know, in a way, it's dangerous to go and make television in your backyard for nine months yeah. that is broadcastable. It yeah. looks like broadcastable television right? because you're really teaching the world that anyone can do it. And actually it's not precisely true that anyone, but almost anyone can. You need a couple of lights, but we we don't actually need to build TV the way that we always thought that we needed to build TV. Yeah. And it's perfectly palatable. Yeah. When you look at all these tech companies that gotten three times more powerful, do you look forward to a time when, a lot of media is owned by Apple, Amazon, etc. Do, do I look forward to a time? Yes. Oh, yes. It seems really great. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. If you had to be owned by one of them. I don't. I cannot. I don't want to. No. Oh. If you had to pick one. If I had to pick one. one. What are my choices? Amazon. Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. Tim Cook. Tim Cook. The Google guys. Mark Zuckerberg. Ooh. Elon Musk, let's throw him in. He I'm doesn't. I'm gonna go to space with Elon Musk. No, I can't. I don't want to. I don't want to be owned by. I might. That's the at the point where I might just start selling jam at a farmer's market. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't need to do TV that badly. Okay. <laughs> like, all right. I've had my fun. We'll be back in a minute. If you like this interview and want to hear others. Follow us on your favorite podcast app. You'll be able to catch up on Sway episodes you may have missed, like my conversation with Chelsea Handler, and you'll get new ones delivered directly to you. More with Sam B. after the break. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I use the New York Times Games app every single day. I love playing Connections. With Connections, I need to twist my brain to see the different categories. I think I know this connection. Look. Bath is a city in England, Sandwich is a city in England, Reading is a city in England, and I'm going to guess Derby is a city in England. I started Wordle 194 days ago, and I haven't missed a day. The New York Times Games app has all the games right there. I absolutely love Spelling Bee. I always have to get genius. I've seen you yell at it and say, that (laughs) should be a word. Totally should be a word. Sudoku is kind of my version of lifting heavy weights at the gym. At this point, I'm probably more consistent with doing the crossword than brushing my teeth. When I can finish a hard puzzle without pins, I feel like the smartest person in the world. When I have to look up a clue to help me, I'm learning something new. It gives me joy every single day. Start playing in the New York Times Games app. You can download it at nytimes.com slash games app. So people have come back to New York. Uh, there's a vaccine mandate in place for restaurants. Yep. Gyms and Broadway schools have reopened yep. uh, in person. Even Sex in the City is back. Yes, it is. Um, they just had Fashion Week. 
mm-hmm. the Met Gala. Yep. Is New York back? I hope so. Jesus Christ. I yeah. think so. Yeah. I definitely like, listen, when we, because our kids are in New York City public schools, and it feels fucking great. Like, I, we, I walked my kids to school today. There were so many kids in the streets, and everybody was just so happy to be there, and we were so happy to be there, and it just feels right. Yeah. So I think that New York is back. Right. And what, what's changed about the energy of New York? Well, I think we're like cautious and careful, but New Yorkers are smart. Like everybody here knows what is needed mm. to kind of, to, to get through this. I really wish that, and I really uh, would love it if unvaccinated people would stay the fuck away. Like don't come here. No. Do not, do not come here. You, you can't n- even get in anywhere anyway, so right. why bother? Right. It's like, not fun. It's not fun. All right. Let's move on to Cuomo. Oh. So. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. What's he doing now? I don't Where's know. Where's he at? He's I don't know. at his friend's house or something? I don't know. So okay. <laughs> I'd love to. <laughs> Lay uh, low. What is your take on it? I, I interviewed Chelsea Handler uh, this summer on Sway. Yeah. Um, she talked about how he, he reached out to her when he found out that she had a crush on him. Really? Um, and then. And then. Blew her off, actually. What? Um, yeah, I know. It was quite a story. She probably Wait. missed that one. She actually had a crush on him? Yeah, she did. A lot of people. You remember? Well, I do remember that, but I thought that was like, I thought that was a joke. <laughs> oh, okay. So, all right. I no, want your I did take not, on this. Um, did not, I had, what, was not part of that. Yeah, um, I want your take on the Cuomo situation and the new governor. I've learned uh, at Full Frontal, you should not have any heroes. Yes, Eric at Schneiderman. All. Yes. This okay. Is, like yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> Never believe in anyone, and then you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never hold someone up as a hero or something that you admire because that is a danger zone. Yeah. Um. So it, it's not like I was not a homosexual, uh, particularly, and uh, <laughs> there were many, many times actually during the pandemic where we had like big you know, show wide conversations about like, how do we handle Cuomo? Because he's super problematic. But Mm -hmm. the story about him out in the world was like, he's a hero and he's the only person speaking about the pandemic in, in a fatherly way. And he is our dad and whatever. Yeah. So it felt like a place where it wasn't quite the time to be like, Hey, just like, check it out. He's actually an asshole. Right. Uh, we felt like we would just miss completely with our audience right. and people weren't really there to hear that at that moment. So right. anyway, this is what happens. So would you like to say something now? He's an asshole. He was bad. bad. Yeah. This is okay. good. This All is right. a very good development. Um, do you like the new governor? I think so. Yeah. I don't know that much about I try, I'm trying to interview her, actually. Have yeah. you? Are you going to? I am trying to interview her trying she's gonna say yes to you but she won't say listen when you're interviewing her can you tell her to also do my show okay i'll do that everyone Um, listens to you who would you like to be governor oh wow i don't know who would i like to be governor cynthia nixon how's that all right she tried she did um new york is is gonna elect a new mayor uh this fall yeah uh democrat eric adams Uh has said that he'd welcome business Mm -hmm. as mayor are you excited yeah. to vote for him? Am I excited? <laughs> yes. To vote for him? Yeah. I'm not. I like ex- that you repeat my questions I'm back to me. I'm not excited to vote for Curtis Lee Wong, so <laughs> I will be voting for him. Okay. Yes. 
What, he just I made headlines. Remember, there was one point in the in his campaign where he was like, "Remote school is great because you can like teach like four hundred kids all at the same time." And I was like, "All right, we have some work to do here." Okay. You don't like Curtis? He's got a lot of rescue cats. I like cats too, but he's not getting my vote. Is okay. what I'm saying. All right, but so how do you feel about Bill De Blasio? He was sort of a. Got kicked around a lot. He I interviewed it. him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, how'd that go? He asked me why people don't like him, and I said, maybe you're an asshole. I don't uh, know. Yeah. I think that might be true. Okay. <laughs> okay. What do you think his legacy is? He disagreed with Andrew Cuomo, as yes. you know. Yes. There was a lot of dick swinging, and I didn't like it at all. Yeah. They could not get their, uh, they could not get their ideas aligned, and I yeah. did not appreciate that whatsoever. Yeah. He's and feeling I, good right now. I mean, I, I hate to keep coming back to the DOE and, like, yeah. how they handled public schools in COVID. Yeah. But they did a very, he did a very poor job. Well, how do you think he's going to be remembered as a mayor? As a not great mayor. As a as not a great not, Yeah, I don't think he'll be remembered all that fondly. All right. We're going to get to some questions from okay. the audience. What's your take mm-hmm. on France's hissy fit over losing uh, the nuclear contract? Oh, that's a good question. I don't understand that type of political posturing. That yeah. seems like such a holdover from a genteel time. Yeah. Uh, of just like, we how withdraw, dare you, sir? How dare you? We withdraw our ambassador. is coming in. <laughs> you can whatever our cheers. I, I don't, I can't say that I know enough about it to really comment on it other than it just seems like such an anachronism. It just feels like, Old-timey. Okay. All right. Uh, does Beto have a chance in Texas? How can we help? And <gasps> How let me just we? say, oh, yeah. he's five points behind Governor Abbott. Okay. He was 12. Okay. But Matthew McConaughey beats them both. <laughs> listen, hey, hey, hey. Listen, that would be fine with me. Yes. Somebody's got to step in there. Yeah. He'll do it. Yeah. If you tell him to. Yeah. He will. Okay. He contains multitudes. Okay, so you, you would vote for Matt McConaughey. Look, I would vote for a, a like a pizza-stained paper plate over Greg Abbott. Okay. So, right. yes. Okay. I don't have that option. Uh, what do you think of Beto's chances, though? Oh, Beto, well. Beto. Beto. Yeah. I, I mean, he did well. He did reasonably well last time. I don't know. You know, it's still Texas. Fuck, yeah. It's still Texas. Still so. Texas. So, McConaughey. McConaughey all the way. All right. Okay. All right. Um, Samantha, when uh, will you and Kara run for office? I never will, but you should. Really? you would be great. Yeah. you have to move here, though. No, I was going to run for mayor of San Francisco. You would win. I feel like you would win. You'd be a great mayor. Yeah, I just I just decided to have more children instead. That's fine. That's you can I have like 18 children. I, I can't know run you for do. Office. We'll get the get the next one into kindergarten and then you, you know, can do it. You know, the only people having children right now are lesbians and evangelicals. <laughs> this many well, you this better many get busy. children. You've got to like outnumber We're vaccinating ours though. You've got to outnumber them. We're building an army. Good. Yes, please it's do. It's called Militia Etheridge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We do build the best That's children. Great. We do. You do. You do. People should give all children to lesbians to raise. <laughs> They're so cool. Can I keep mine? I like mine. I feel like I'm doing a good job Just with mine, Just send them too. for the summer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. 
I'm going to do last thing, a quick okay. lightning round of names. I want you to just say things. Um, Trump. Oh, God, go disappear, please. Disappear. Just drop into a volcano. <laughs> Sorry. That's a good joke. That's not even a joke. That's serious. That's real life. Okay. That's... President Biden. Okay. That's my, that's, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Kamala Harris. Okay. I like, you know what? I do, I do like her. Have you interviewed her before? Uh, yes. I enjoyed speaking with her. Yeah. I do not know what is going on over there. Yeah. Right now. Okay. Okay. I have enjoyed speaking to her tremendously. I do think she's a real person. I think the job is very difficult. She is an actual real person. She is an actual real person. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Person. Mm-hmm. Mitch McConnell. Oh, God. He's just desiccating. Like, we're just, like, watching him desiccate. Please go away. Go away, please. Go away, please. Vladimir Putin. Oh, God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Ride a bear into the woods. I just want them to all leave. (laughs) I just want them to make space for, um, you know, when we did, uh, we did Four Seasons of the Detour, which was like a really funny show that not enough people watched. And I'm still very proud of it. And you can see it on Hulu. Um, but streaming now. Streaming now on Hulu. I'm here to speak for all the streamers. But we had um, a character on the detour who was really passionate about Vladimir Putin. And so we had a huge portrait of him riding a bear. It was like 10 feet tall. And I had it in my office for years. And everyone, I didn't even, it never occurred to me because to me it was like a prop from a fun mm-hmm. show that I did. But to a lot of people, they walked in. It was like behind my desk. And it was so fucking scary. And it seemed... <laughs> Like, I found him so sexy and, like, a perfect example of how I want to run my office culture. And it never occurred to me until until we kind of shut down our office. I was like, should I tell my Putin? Oh, I see why people were afraid. Okay. I didn't think that was going to go there. Um, yeah, no. Okay. Of course you wouldn't All right. think that. Last one, Oprah. Oh, Oprah. <laughs> I definitely want to go to her house in Montecito yeah. and smell her skin because I bet she <laughs> smells so good and just so, like, jammy and delicious and clean and gorgeous. I just... We've never been in each other's orbit particularly. Yeah, I can see why. But I... <laughs> I feel like I need to be. Her <laughs> security has just been alert. <laughs> I know. I know. I think my invitation just put some lotion on the the skin. This is like we've gotten into Silence of the Lambs slash Putin edition. I'd be so curious to. Anyway, she should definitely invite me out for lunch. I have a lot to say. All right, Sam B. Thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you. Thank you to all these Uh, people. So nice to see you. Sway is a production of New York Times Opinion. It's produced by Naima Raza, Blakeney Schick, Matt Kwong, Daphne Chen, and Caitlin O'Keefe. Edited by Naima Raza, with original music by Isaac Jones, mixing by Sonia Herrero and Carol Saburo, and fact-checking by Kate Sinclair. Special thanks to Shannon Basta, Kristen Lin, Liril Higa, and Mahima Chablani. And I want to add a thanks to the team at Little Island for the live event. 
If you're in a podcast app already, you know how to get your podcasts. So follow this one. If you're listening on the Times website and want to get each new episode of Sway delivered to you by Vladimir Putin riding a giant bear, download any podcast app, then search for Sway and follow the show. We release every Monday and Thursday. Thanks for listening. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.